Okay. We're live. We're live. In the studio. It's real. So you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. Just give a little brief. Who is Hogan? Yeah. Uh, so go for it. Sure. Yeah, I'm Hogan. Um, I am a, a now senior at Biola University. Um, I'm majoring in biblical theological studies, um, but then I'm also in um, Tory, mm-hmm. uh, Tory honors, which I know that Braden has talked a lot about um, already. And so, yeah, I have an education that is just like deep in scripture and then also deep in the tradition of great books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been an amazing time at Biola. I'm from Dallas, Texas, uh, so I kind of took a weird adventure straying from many of my Texan friends who are going to <laughs> Baylor, A&M, UT, uh, and I just came out to California because mm-hmm. I wanted a an adventurous experience in the West Coast, and then also I wanted a Christian education, and Biola has one of the best, so yeah. um, that's why I'm here, and I've been friends with Brayden um, since uh, kind of late in our freshman year, but really really since sophomore year when we spent an entire semester together in North Carolina. Right, which um, we talked about Jack on the, the last episode. Yeah, so I'll so leave that for there. Maybe you'll have some different stories, though. So. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do want to ask, so you started out as an engineering major. That's right. And, yeah, I forgot to say that. But you were still wanting the Christian education. Yeah. So when you came to Biola... At wanting the Christian education, what made you choose engineering right off the bat? Yeah, so I wanted a Christian education, and I knew I could get that through being in Tory Honors, um, mm-hmm. because you read a lot of theology and a lot of the Bible. Um, and I was attracted to a program where I could read the Bible and then discuss it with like other students who were passionate about that. Um, and so I knew I could get a Christian education through that. Um, and I chose to be an engineering major because basically, like math and science in high school were my best subjects. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mostly liked math and physics, like word engineering major. You think of um, something that's really challenging, mm-hmm. and I basically just wanted a challenge mm-hmm. academically. Yeah. I just wanted to do something that was hard uh-huh. and that I could feel fulfilled in doing because yeah. it's hard. Uh-huh. Um, it's like it's kind of like just running, wanting to run a marathon. Like right. you do it because it's hard and it feels awesome when you're done. Right. Um, Which you got the difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I got I got what I wanted essentially. <laughs> yeah. Except I realized later that I didn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was too difficult. Um, yeah. I I shortly realized that I wasn't cut out for engineering like I thought I would be. Yeah. Um. Another element of why I wanted to be an engineer is because I was told by many mentors in high school, such as like my father and other mm-hmm. like well-intentioned people, that I could get a really good job yeah. with an engineering degree, and thus I would be set for life having yeah. that major, right? right? Everything right. is perfect yeah. um, as long as you're an engineer, <laughs> and I, I realized that me having that assumption was not helpful. Yeah. Um, for my, it was not helpful for my education, mm-hmm. um, me growing as a person. And so I, I realized that after a year of mm-hmm. taking engineering classes. Say more about that. Why was it not helpful for your education? Um, I, I, I knew that like, 
um, that engineering could could give me a really good job right. um, if I excelled at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no concept of the fact that it could grow me as a person. Mm-hmm. I was not thinking about that at all. Yeah, I was wanting to grow as a person in Tory, right. but I had I had this separation between my academic career pursuit right. and then my academic personal pursuit. Right. The personal growth was happening in Tory, but in engineering, it was strictly career yeah, pursuit. Two completely separate. I was I was separating it, but I I think that I after a year of being an engineer, I didn't like that separation, mm-hmm. and just pursuing engineering for career sake had me really disappointed with it. Right. I was not enjoying my classes. Yeah. They were grueling. Yeah. Um. Another element of that was I wasn't like doing my engineering in community yeah um so i was doing all this reading great books and stuff in community and it felt so fruitful and then i was over here in my math and science classes like Mm -hmm. alone at a table up until 2 a.m um you know doing doing math math problems right uh with no community and it it brought so little joy um, that i wanted out yeah um and that's not the only reason I left engineering, but it, it is one big reason. Yeah. And you, we were in North Carolina for the semester when you switched, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, and I, Ali and I would always joke, joke about you making math noises. <laughs> we hear math noises coming from the basement. Yeah, math noises. Of, <laughs> of despair. Of despair. <laughs> from um, statics and physics three. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then what, so what during that semester changed for you? Mm. Um, I know you met with, I think maybe Matt Williams um, or yeah. some of the, the Bible profs. Um, yeah. During and that kid, started yeah. to shift your perspective. Yeah. Well, there was a time uh, early that semester in the fall when, well, we were reading theology books in Tory. Yeah. So I was being opened to lots of cool theology stuff. Um, I also started talking with um, some of my friends who were Bible majors, such as Jake Edwards and mm. others, yeah. um, and asking what they liked about being a Bible major. Um, and they they really were, were a Bible major because they, um, they wanted to do teaching later in life or they wanted to do ministry or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something popped in my mind where I was like, huh, do I really... Like, I feel like I would actually really love to teach. Um, like, what's a major that would maybe equip me for teaching? Mm. Um, and so I started to rethink the the idea that I even wanted to be an engineer. Yeah. Um, like, teaching seemed like this attractive thing. Um, and after reading a ton of theology that semester and right. talking to, like you said, several professors who were in the Bible yeah. department, um, I decided that like my education could still be really fruitful, even if I didn't have um, a career in mind that would give me a lot of money. Uh-huh. Um, and I I wasn't completely certain that I wanted to do teaching or ministry, but I knew that at least taking some Bible classes. Mm-hmm. Um, could help me figure out what I would possibly want to do with right. a Bible major. Yeah. Um, and so then the next semester, taking a bunch of Bible classes, right. um, I was open to these opportunities. Oh, I can be, I would love to be a pastor. I would love to 
be a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of just been mostly uphill from there with right. lots of downhill as well. But yeah. <laughs> now you did get your wish for a challenge, I would say, in the end, or at least it seems like it. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's because of all the time you spent doing engineering, the whole a full year of engineering. Um, but you've had a really full credit loads ever since you switched. I have. So how has the challenge been different from engineering um, yeah. now that you're in Bible? Yeah, it's been so different. Um, the, the challenge of doing biblical studies is just very different than it is for engineering. Mm -hmm. With engineering, you have no choice. Yeah. You you must be challenged <laughs> or else you must leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the Bible major, it's, I mean, I'd say it's pretty similar to lots of liberal arts um, slash humanities majors mm -hmm. where you can uh, slack off and skip some of the reading and still pass the class. Right. Um, so it is more of your responsibility to get... Um, get out of it what you put into it. Right. And so I really stacked my schedule with lots of units um, because I really wanted to get a lot out of my major. Mm -hmm. um, I also entered into an advanced master's program where I was kind of forced to take a lot of units. Yeah. Uh, so I've had no choice there. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've put in a ton of effort into mm -hmm. all my Bible classes. Um, and it ends up being about the same time commitment that I would have had with engineering. Right. Um, but it's different. It's It feels more voluntary and my responsibility and something that I really um, love and want to do. Yeah. And I'm imagining you probably feel more in, in touch with the community as you're studying Bible now. That's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has been a bit easier to get in touch with the community because the Department of Bible itself, like provides programs and events mm -hmm. for you to meet more people. Um, I think there's also like a pretty fundamental idea at Biola that if you're going to train to be a pastor, um, the worst pastors out there in America, at least, are the ones who like do everything solo. Huh. Um, like basically um, just buckle down and try to preach the best sermons, minister to the most people that they can, mm -hmm. and don't seek out uh, community or accountability. Right. And it leads, leaves them dry um, and burnt out. Mm -hmm. And so Biola like trains Bible majors to like have yeah. strong community. Um, and I think that needs to be true for basically any major, yeah. um, but not every department really thinks that intentionally about it. Mm. So Yeah, that's interesting. I would... Because I know they there was Christian Ministries and Bible, and then they combined the two. Um, uh, yeah, there's at Biola there is one Bible major, and then you can have a concentration okay. of Christian Ministries, yeah. biblical languages. So my my understanding was that Christian Ministries was more of that practical kind of um, quote unquote practical side of. Um, being a pastor or just ministry in general, and then Bible was more um, theology and and maybe more intellectual studies. Uh, but it seems like yeah. you're saying there's a little bit of that practical stuff in the they, Bible major too. Yeah, they definitely try to get some practical uh, classes in the Bible major. Mm -hmm. They're not doing the extent to which Christian Ministries does, uh -huh. where you study how like 
church government works and church finances okay. work and stuff like gotcha. that. Yeah, but they definitely want you in in close community. Gotcha. And then you, kind of separate from school, have also been working at the church. Um, yeah. And this summer gave like several sermons, correct? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So I what, gave two yeah, what sermons. was that experience like? I gave two sermons to the high school like ministry at my yeah. church. Ah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> I, I discovered how challenging sermon yeah. preparation is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Now that I've like actually been through the process of preparing and delivering a sermon, like every time I'm in church listening to my pastor preach... I just value his his work mm. so much, um, his or her, of course. Yeah. And like, I I just it it is it was taxing on me. Yeah. Um, not just like in time commitment. Um, I probably spent like less hours preparing this uh, thirty minute sermon to the high school group than a regular pastor does. Um, for a whole congregation, but mm-hmm. um, it was spiritually taxing um, in a way that I did not expect at all. Mm. Um, and so it's it felt very different from like being, say, in a classroom and you have like a ten minute presentation about like a theological topic where you're kind of just presenting to the class some of the things that you studied, and they can right. disagree with you or agree with you, whatever they want. But something about preaching entails authority. Yeah. Um, and authority is really scary. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, authority of any kind is scary to have. And then, uh, like, to claim to have the authority of God in some way yeah. is scary. Right. Now, when you're preaching, you're not claiming to, to be speaking the words of God, but you're speaking from the word of God. Right. You are using the Bible and and extracting a message from it and then giving it to yeah. people. Yeah. And so you are authoritative in so much as you're deriving from yeah. Bible. Yeah. And that still is scary. <laughs> so yeah. even though it was to a bunch of high schoolers. Right. It, well, I wasn't preaching to like Bible scholars who were right. testing me on every word. Right. It was the high schoolers, but it's still it felt heavy. Well, yeah, just the fact that some someone else would trust you to like <laughs> yeah. tell them what to do with their lives is like yeah. a little bit like, which obviously, like you said, it, you're preaching from the Bible that that's where the authority comes from. Uh-huh. Just the the idea of getting up in front of somebody and like they have your trust. Yeah, it's definitely scary. Mm-hmm. It I felt very unworthy in many ways. Yeah, and yet my pastor, who was kind of uh, leading me through the process, was. Uh, kind enough to assure me that it's it's not about like the uh, the worthiness of yeah. the the preacher who preaches it's about you being faithful to God and God is the one who's worthy. Yeah, which I I mean, like you said earlier, I think that's probably a good illustration of how community is necessary for a pastor keeps you grounded. Oh yeah, but then also if it's that taxing. You need you need other people around you to support and fill you back up. Uh, yeah, so, makes sense to me. Um, I so now we'll go back to uh, Tori. 
yeah. a little bit. Um, and there's kind of this like classic Tory versus Bible major hmm. uh, conversation, I think. Okay. Um, and these are two programs that like Biola is really well known for. Yeah. These are two of their best programs is Tory and their Bible major. Yeah. Um, but they're very different in style. Mm-hmm. So not that one is better, but how, are the, how have you experienced the difference and what are the benefits of each? Um, we'll put it that way. <sighs> yeah. Um, let me start with Tori. Mm-hmm. Tori's biblical education and to be clear, you're asking about like how how you learn the Bible, yeah. kind of in each. Yeah. So yeah, Tori's biblical education has been so good for me, and I th- I think I'm gonna want to say that I have learned to know the Bible better through Tori than I have through my major. Hmm. Um, I might say that, but we'll see. Yeah. Right, yeah right. <laughs> I haven't thought a ton about this. We're on the fly right that, now. But that's where I'm, that's where I'm leaning. Right okay. Now. And the reason why is if I start with Tori. Tori um, has you dive into primary texts, and it has you sit with one text at a time. Mm-hmm. So you you sit with the Gospel of John, and you don't you don't read anything else. Mm-hmm. You just for like a whole week you you prepare um, like pages of notes um, so that you can enter into a three hour long discussion of the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. And so personally, I probably sat with. Gospel of John, reading it once or twice, maybe three times. I probably spent like eight hours on yeah. Gospel of John. Um, and just that. And you're not reading commentaries by biblical scholars on it, um, which would be really helpful. You're not reading even like the great theologians like Augustine's or Calvin's thoughts on John. Right. Um, although that would be cool. Um, and you're not even really talking to anybody about it until like you get close to session maybe it's just you and god in like in his word mm. um and you're supposed to like marinate in it uh really that that's like the idea of tori like get into the text and figure it out for yourself um and like that process just can't be beat i don't think um now um, then taking that and, and discussing it in session is really uh, helpful um, because you get a lot of insights that you couldn't think of from the professor and from your peers. Right. Um, and then you maybe write a poll question on the Gospel of John to refine some of your thoughts right. in it as well. Um, and so that really like helps you figure out your thoughts about a text, um, which for me, that has been very spiritually nourishing mm-hmm. um, in that I, I figure out, like, when I do that, I figure out a way to commune with God um, in His Word, which is objectively true, but kind mm-hmm. of in my own way that I want to. Yeah. Um, now, on the other hand, the Bible major, Biola is, has such a renowned program with a ton of really great, yeah. renowned Bible scholars right. teaching you, and they they know a lot about the Bible that you do not, <laughs> and so they can give you so many great insights that you would have never thought of. 
Mm -hmm. um, and they can help you, like my class on Romans, for example. I spent a whole semester taking class on Romans um, by Kenneth Birding. He he helped me organize the um, book of Romans in a way that I don't think I could have organized it just by like marinating it myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I have a really good sense of the structure of the argument mm -hmm. because he just described how he thinks of it because he studied it for like 30 years. Right. And I just saw that and I was like, oh, that's really clear and helpful. Yeah. And, um, and so that is, that's a really, the Bible major in that way has really helped me understand what the Bible is and what it is saying and what like the smartest people who study it uh, actually think about it. Yeah. Um, but the, the, that major, like the Bible major, me writing papers for it and all that hasn't been as spiritually mm. impacting for me as studying it in tour. Yeah, that's really interesting. The kind of dichotomy between uh, the spiritual education and almost like more of an intellectual education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but... Um, Oh, shoot. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, it, it's kind of the like stereotypical way that, mm -hmm. I, I for me, as a Tory student, not a Bible student, it's kind of like the Bible program has really good answers. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like this, like, yeah. why reinvent the wheel? Mm -hmm. Because you have some of the best Bible scholars in the world they know the Bible. Mm -hmm. Why reinvent the wheel? Just listen to them. Yeah. Tori is almost the complete opposite in that it gives you very few answers, a lot more questions. Mm -hmm. uh, but then maybe something that you, a question that comes up freshman year and gets answered junior year, when it gets answered, you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's really like training for a marathon. You you run like 10 miles at a time, then 12 miles and 13. You kind of build up. Um, and it doesn't feel like you're really achieving that much because you haven't gotten the marathon. But finally, you get to run 25 and like you finally get the medal at the end of the race. Right. It's like doing a ton of work mm -hmm. like in studying all these things helps the answer become mm -hmm. more satisfying and sticks yeah. to you more maybe. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's interesting because there, there are even like, you know, we, we had the semester where we read Luther, Calvin, um, you know, a, a lot of great theologians uh, with questions about salvation and sanctification. Yeah. We read Aquinas too. And, and to be honest, like at least, in my opinion, I'm like, I, don't, I still don't have a lot of those answers, but I came to love each of each one of those books and yeah. like almost got a much more rich experience out of it than if I were just told here, are, here are your options. Choose one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a good example of that is like um, us being thrown in our freshman fall being thrown into the Pentateuch. Yeah. where a lot of this Old Testament stuff is really confusing. Um, and like the way 
the covenant works and the way God's dealing with his people, sacrifices. And it's, it, you you work through a, like maybe three weeks of the Pentateuch mm-hmm. and you feel like you're not getting many answers of yeah. like, what is God doing with his people? Yeah. And then finally, after the Pentateuch, you read Hebrews and you get this picture of how Jesus is fulfilling so many things that you read about in the Old Testament and were yeah. unfulfilled then. And like, it just becomes this beautiful yeah. uh, cohesive work that God did throughout history. Yeah. Or even, um, I, I think the Pentateuch is such a great example because you read Leviticus and you're like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the laws for like the priests. This isn't, it's not even the laws for like everyone. Yeah. It's the laws for the priests. And you're like, okay, like, a donkey fell into a hole on the Sabbath. Do you take it out or do you not? Um, but then, so, you know, that's what the Pentateuch feels like. Yeah. But then we, I, I don't know if you remember our session, um, the total Bible session that we had with Dr. Johnson. Yeah. Um, I think it was like Ezra and Nehemiah. Um, yeah, I do remember. In that. North Carolina. We were freaking out yeah, yeah. how it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least it, it's like there's these moments where some it's like it, the seed was planted when you read Exodus yeah a year and a half earlier uh-huh. and then it just kind of explodes yeah um, it's like there's growth that kind of happens without yeah. you even knowing that it's happening it's like it's in the background yeah yeah um, if you don't mind me bringing up one point um, I I had a conversation with actually a Bible professor uh-huh. uh, recently. Um, and I asked him about what he thinks about Torah okay. um, and the biblical education okay. in it. Yeah. Um, and to your interest, maybe, he had some pretty negative thoughts. Interesting. Okay. Um, so what he shared, um, I, I think is interesting, and I want to hear um, what you think like, like we should do about it, okay. the Biola administration should yeah. do about it. It's the fact that a lot of students who come into Tory um, basically pass through it um, with little effort and but with a good grade and thus become like either less spiritually healthy than they were when they came in or just like exactly the same and yeah. um, so Tory is a program that is very lenient um, it's kind of hands-off you have to uh, get from it what you put into it, right, which we've yeah. already talked about how it's so valuable. Right. Um, but that it does allow students to like pass through receiving uh, little to no like solid food for education. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're Bible, if you are taking the Bible minor at Biola, you're not in Tory, then like you have to do the assignments to pass the class and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think my my like um, pushback would mm-hmm. be, isn't that true for everything? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, you even mentioned a yeah. little bit with the Bible major, like mm-hmm. it can be really easy. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I would even say with, I'm, you know, started out engineering and now I'm finishing applied physics, but, and I, I'm not proud of it, but I'm like, I haven't, I've cruised mm. in, a, in applied physics. And if it's possible in, in engineering or in applied <laughs> physics i'm like it's possible anywhere anywhere yeah. now so i'd be interested to hear what he would have to say about how are 
are the numbers different for Bible majors? Do more of them, um, you know, become motivated and Mm -hmm. really dig in? Um, There's also, I don't know, is the Bible program bigger than Tory? Um, No, Tory's bigger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I I don't know. It it may be that um, the Bible program kind of selects out people that don't want to work hard um, if -hmm. it's smaller. I. I don't know. It is an interesting point, though. I even, um, in talking with Dr. Johnson, he said there have been a lot of students that will go through Tory, go get their master somewhere at a liberal liberal arts school, and basically will come back and say, Tory is racist and mm-hmm. sexist, and mm-hmm. we don't, every, it's, we only read white males, and it's all useless, yeah. pretty much. So it's like, it's kind of shocking uh, going through, and like you said, being so spiritually nourished, mm-hmm. and then hearing these stories of either the pro- you know multiple professors saying mm-hmm. there are plenty of people who get almost nothing out of it at all, or uh, maybe get through it and kind of throw it all away. Yeah. Um, but I would even say for me, there's a I'm I'm a bit scared because I'm, there's something nice about having the rhythm. Mm-hmm your first two years first three years twice a week every week yeah you're you've read a book and you're discussing it yeah and just feeling this semester going to once a week mm-hmm. i i can already feel the lack of that mm-hmm. uh yeah um just kind of that discipline and thinking about after college not having that accountability yeah i it's easy for me to imagine how that would begin to slip you know yeah hopefully we can continue to do our own sort of Tory yeah. even through the rest of our lives. Yeah. I've thought about how Tory is just like, it's an ideal community, almost a model for what like I want all of my communities to be like mm-hmm. in some sense where you have really good friends who are seeking after truth and you read things and you talk about them and you encourage each other. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can, yeah, we can all just continue that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I, it's interesting that, again, we're kind of coming back to that idea of community. Mm-hmm. Like, Tori doesn't work um, if it's just you. And, I mean, it's you can still read. You can choose great books and read them. But mm-hmm. there's such a key part of it that revolves around being around other people who have read the same things, mm-hmm. are just as passionate as you are. Uh, yeah, I even like I'm thinking about parks now. Um, so maybe I haven't talked about parks. So maybe you could give a little like brief um, sure, yeah. explanation of what that was. But the community there, a bunch of people that we don't we basically go in as like 15 people that don't know each other. Yeah. But centering around these books and these ideas, by the time we left, it was like we we couldn't be like any better friends we were I know. All just jolly <laughs> I thought these were the only people in the world yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, should I explain yeah go for the it basics of, of Tory Parks yeah so within uh, Tory Honors there are basically two programs uh, that go abroad um, in some sense um, where you you read a bunch of books as you would normally do in Tory but then you travel and you discuss the books in some unique place and the programs that are going on as of now are, are there's one in Cambridge, one in uh, um, various, various, various national, national parks, parks. Yeah. Uh, in the United States. 
And so uh, the specific summer that Brayden and I went on this National Parks Tory trip was uh, to Washington. We visited three national parks there, uh, Mount Rainier, the Olympic, the Olympics, and the North Cascades. Well, basically, you you camp for two and a half weeks <laughs> in these get dirty, three different parks. You get dirty grimy. and sweaty. Um, and but you're with a group of like 15 other students, and it is just so much fun. Yeah. Um, so we we read probably like six or seven books before you go on the trip. These books were all around the theme of nature and civilization and even like colonialism Mm -hmm. and um, courage and and other things like that that revolve around what it means to be in the wilderness, essentially. Um, And then you discuss those books kind of every other Mm day-ish. While you're on this trip. Which they're supposed to be like campfire discussions. Yeah. We Since we've been in the drought for the past five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was such a great time. Um, I, was, I was just talking to Dr. Johnson yesterday and he was saying that he wants to do a Hawaii trip. Oh my goodness. And read like, read like Darwin or no, no. I can't remember what it was. That, but he's got all sorts of crazy ideas. I'm like, to me, I'm like, that's like borderline dream job. Yeah, just going, teaching some some college students. Yeah, on great books. I mean, we read, reading Lord of the Rings for that was just so enjoyable. Magical, and to have that as a job, I can't imagine. But. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Doctor Johnson really understands something about education that like is missed in a lot of America. Mm. And what I think that is in some part is, is learning about ideas from a bunch of different authors and then experiencing the ideas with a community in the place where it's most intensely experienced. Yeah. So like learning about nature and how to respect wilderness in light of you being a civilized human being, and then going and experiencing that tension in the national parks and talking about it there. Yeah. It's, it brings a profound education. Yeah. Yeah. There's something so tangible and real about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, in the reason I say, I keep, I keep saying that I talked to Dr. Johnson yesterday was because of the podcast that I was supposed to be doing. And then I only recorded five minutes, so (laughs) I'm just repeating a bunch of that stuff now. But uh, one of the one of the things we talked about was um, in Aristotle's Physics um, and four causes, right? And we were talking about how well how do you apply that? And he started talking about how uh, you can see Aristotle's four causes in a a family and family dynamics. And just like pulling out these <laughs> these ideas, Plato and Aristotle, and and then saying, what does that look like in my experience? Mm. Which is such a, it's a very unique skill. And I was, I mean, I admire him for that, and yeah, kind of strive to be able to do that. Um, yeah, like you were saying, to integrate, like, to read a bunch of theoretical things and then to integrate it into life. Yeah, is, is key. Yeah. Um, which I liked what you were saying earlier about like uh, the fact that 
engineering didn't it wasn't like forming your character hmm. um and i it's just hard when you experience tori you're like it, and it is so formational in that way yeah and then you you kind of want to seek that out in your educational yeah and there's a tension there right like i think that engineering should form your character yeah. in some way right but i wasn't seeing it that way yeah and so that's why i left but i didn't leave because the discipline was like bad in itself right like engineering is a beautiful like art yeah that like is extremely difficult but if you look at it as an art to enter into that can form your like your brain and your creativity skills yeah like it can really form your character as well right yeah but that takes a different kind of attitude than, totally oh i just want to do something hard that's going to make me a lot of money yeah that's, <laughs> that's not the attitude to have. yeah um okay so i uh, i want to shift a little bit okay. um, and just kind of ask you like maybe a hard question mm-hmm. uh what's the what's the dream like what Mm. What do you see for yourself moving forward? What do you what excites you uh, about the future? Mm. That doesn't necessarily have to yeah. be career, but just um, yeah. What are you excited about moving forward? Yeah. Well, I am. I'm really excited about doing some sort of educational career mm-hmm. um, where I am impacting the next generation. By, I mean, it's the model of Tori, by showing them the truth, the good, and the beautiful through the Bible. Yeah. And through theologians. Yeah. And philosophy and art. Um, but I think that's going to look like, what I think that's going to look like for me is being in an educational setting. Um, so. I get really excited thinking about being a high school Bible teacher mm-hmm. at a private Christian school. Yeah. Um, because a private Christian school, and there's there's a lot of them, there's always new ones popping up around the U.S., those can allow me to teach the Bible in the way I want to, Yeah. Um, the way I think will be most beneficial to students. Um, another way I... I think my kind of educational passion could look is um, doing overseas missions mm-hmm. um, and doing actually like church planting okay. um, in some capacity in a, in a place where there's clearly churches needed. Yeah. Which, so that's so different from like a high school teacher. Yeah. Right. Um, but I still think that that gets me really excited because I can use my passion for teaching the Bible and getting people excited about books and God's word and theology to uh, organize Christian communities where it's needed. Yeah. Um, but uh, that that is like way more kind of out there and intimidating for me. And I have, I have less idea of what exactly it would look like. Right. Um, so I'm not going to help with that. <laughs> but uh, uh this is because when I was um, a freshman, 
I had doubts about my major and I was like, well, maybe I should switch to Bible because of Tori, you know, I love all that stuff. And one of the like things that my parents really challenged me on was the decreasing uh, kind of need for um, Bible majors in the U.S. at least. Mm -hmm. Um, There's kind of a trend downwards in the, um, the demand for that. Yeah. So how do you think about that if at all does that kind of does that scare you um are you not concerned about it um and how would you how do you imagine yourself shifting in an environment where you're not necessarily accepted or desired for your beliefs um it makes me sad that Overall, Christian education, both like higher education and I guess high school education is decreasing. That makes me sad. But I don't really fear because you can you can always if if there's not a demand for what you want to do, you can always increase the demand in some way. Hmm. And so what it like it sounds so naive of me to say, but I'm kind of like, I have the idea of like, okay, there's no schools. If there's no schools for me to go teach at and get hired at, well, let me go found a school. Yeah. So where where in the U.S. is there not a, a Christian school? Yeah. Um. Let me let me go there and work at a public school. Yeah. So I can get teaching experience. Right. Be at a church and meet a bunch of families. And then grow close with those Love families it. and see if they want Christian education yeah. and see if they will fund me to yeah. found a school. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about that is even though there may not be a perceived demand, you're saying, no, I still have what you need. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't see it yet. <laughs> the, the world is completely in demand. Of course. Of Christian yeah. education. Uh, they just don't know it. Yeah. And so they don't, there's not, maybe not a plethora of Christian teacher positions open. Right. Um, so I know that you you went to a Christian high school. Um, how much of your this kind of like excitement is because of that? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm super passionate about Christian education. Um, not that I think like public schools are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some could be, but I'm, I'm not someone who just thinks like all public schools are like terrible. Yeah. Uh, but I really love Christian education because I do think education is an inherently religious thing. So if you're learning about, if you're in a history class learning about Western civilization, um, there is a um, there is a way to look at history that can be secularized or mm-hmm. um, Christianized. Right. Um, you can look at history as um, a bunch of uh, just like selfish human beings um, fighting each other and trying to gain power, as maybe like Nietzsche would look at it. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at history as God working with a sinful people trying to redeem it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important for 
for kids uh, when they're when, from the earliest age that they can think and read mm-hmm. and think about anything that they they learn that history is that way. Um, and if they're learning science, that that God is involved in science and yeah. God is involved in grammar and language and everything else they could be studying. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't think you could possibly like when you go to a public school and you're being taught, you are being taught in a world, you're being taught a worldview, uh, whatever that may be. Um, and so I would just want that worldview to be Christian yeah. instead of secular. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm passionate about Christian education for that reason. I, I experienced a really great Christian education growing up. Um, where yeah teachers were were teaching me how god views the world um and that was just in my brain and it it proved uh fruitful um because i i eventually wanted to come to a christian college and pursue pursue a career that was honored to god um and there's tons of problems with christian education that i could get into but Mm -hmm. thankfully i think mine was faithful yeah um so one thing about like it feels like um if you're going to do that there are are a certain number of places that you could go Mm -hmm. um so when you think about what you're going to do after school is it location oriented um Uh, yeah and yeah what are what are you thinking i mean i it can't be location oriented, I don't think, uh-huh. because I I want to do something where there is like a giant need for it. Uh-huh. So if it's missions and church planting, like that's going to be wherever there's a big need. Okay. And then if it's like Christian education in the U.S., that's also going to be where there's a big need. And uh-huh. uh, there's actually a, a lot of Christian education in California mm-hmm. and in Texas. Uh, which are the two places I've already lived. Right. So I'm probably going to have to, I'm probably going to go somewhere new and unfamiliar. Okay. Um, uh, but that's not completely certain. Yeah. Um, I, but I love California. And mm-hmm. if, if there were opportunities for me to pursue Christian education in California, I probably would. Okay. Um, because I love the national parks and the beaches here. Yeah. You've got your classic um, cowboy surfer. <laughs> yeah. Sums it up pretty well. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I was wondering because, like, thinking about Jack just going to New York, being willing to just, like, he's thinking about just sending it, you know, and just going. So yeah. I wondered if maybe there was a... Uh, kind of a dream like that for you but there's not necessarily a dream i don't want to just send it just to send it right i actually like yeah uh the comfortable but if i feel like my dream of what i want to do needs to be somewhere specific then yeah i'll send it okay um cool um well then let's transition a little bit and we've talked a lot about Christian education, mm-hmm. um, and obviously you're very busy. But mm-hmm. what are you doing outside of school? Um, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. you could fill us in a little bit on what the the Hogan life is like. 
feels like you're either at the library uh, or sleeping. Yeah. So that might be the only thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we did get to go camping uh, yeah. in the summer, oh, which was great. Camping oh, Hogan's the best Hogan. I, I do love camping. <laughs> I I think that's my favorite thing to do outside of school. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you could say it's a hobby, because a hobby is usually something you do. You it's more of a lifestyle. Do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only go camping probably twice, maybe three times a year, Yeah, which is not that much, and I yeah. should do it more, but it really is something that gives me more joy than, than almost anything else. Yeah. I, I like to bring up camping because I feel like some of my best moments of my life have been <laughs> on like camping trips that we've been on. <laughs> yeah. Like true. between parks, some of our Yosemite, mm-hmm. uh, Yosemite trip Sequoia. or Sequoia. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. Those have been great times. Even I, I'm like, it's funny. We've only known each other for two and a half, three yeah. years. Um, but sticking on with that same line of thought, like you were also there when, uh, Ali and I started dating. Yeah. Uh, so you've been kind of like sneaky present throughout all my like best moments in life. <laughs> yeah. That was, that's a blessing that I have. That was unintentional. Yeah. And we've been roommates. I feel like I also forget that we've been roommates Yeah. for two or for a year and a half. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, because we were also on the triple. So yeah, if you just think about like sleeping time, <laughs> I probably spent more time with you than almost anyone else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though we almost never see each other yeah, in the room. Sleeping, <laughs> sleeping, Braden and Hogan. Bra- or, <laughs> sleeping, Braden and sleeping Hogan know each other very, very well, well yes. <laughs> more intimately um, than any other sleeping people. But, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fun to, it's fun to reminisce. Um, yeah. We've yeah. Had, had a lot of good times together. We had totally Sean as a roommate. I, I saw him the, uh, yesterday. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But he was, I couldn't say hi. Oh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, what a figure. <laughs> what a and Jonathan and Jonathan. And the bunk room. Yeah, the bunk room. In North Carolina, we were in the basement and there were probably like eight bunk beds. Well four four bunk beds. Yeah. And it's just me and Hogan down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I remember um, when I when I got sick in North Carolina, do you remember that? I think I do. Yeah. And I felt so bad for you because it was like, yeah, we were the only two people that were Sharing in the room. same room yeah. and I was just vomiting everywhere <laughs> <laughs> through the night. Yeah, um, I felt bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember just like the routine in the morning was to just get out of my bed, immediately walk outside, do pull-ups while, <laughs> while looking at the North Carolina hills. Yeah. And, uh, walk back in and you were probably getting up at that point too. Yeah. Uh, it's Jack and I talked last episode about like kind of the conflict between us in North Carolina. Yeah. Which we, but we also mentioned how disconnected you were. Uh, yeah. You were just having I, the time of your life. <laughs> I was basically having the time of my life because I was in like beautiful nature. Yeah. 
And I knew there was conflict, and I felt like a little uncomfortable. But because I didn't quite understand you guys yet, right. I just kind of left it alone. Right. And it honestly didn't bother me that much because yeah. we were all still able to have fun together yeah. despite some of the tension. Yeah. Well, and you came in blind, essentially. Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, Jack is in your cohort. I knew we right. And we'd gone on that big Sur camping trip. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was kind of like... I didn't There's know these that, three guys yeah. <laughs> going to North Carolina. So, yeah. I definitely felt like I was getting to know each of you guys individually. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't know, I didn't understand how you guys worked as a group. Right. Uh, because there there was tension and then there was a lot of laughing and joyful times. Right. And I, I couldn't make sense of it all. Yeah. But despite that, I was getting to know Brayden. Yeah. And I was getting to know Jack. And ours, <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you weren't there when we drove out because, I mean, three straight days of being stuck in the car together oh and gosh. we were already tired of each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't you came in a few days later, I think, and we were, it was a struggle. Yeah. You guys were just, y'all were very gracious to me to just even have me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought we were going to have Jonathan and Jackson too, but. True. Yeah. True. Um, yeah. Well, I I think that's all I've got. Okay. Um, so, I thanks for thanks for doing this. Thank you. It's fun. We'll we'll probably do it again at some Great. point. Great. Um, that's so fun. But yeah, I don't get to talk like this very often, so it's it's interesting for someone to just ask me questions. Yeah. And just talk about my life. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different one on one versus. I mean, we're so used to Tori and having those group conversations. Right. Um, and also centered around a text where you're like, yeah. um, you know, your attention is so directed that you always have something to think about. Yep. Um, but it's definitely a different skill. Um, yeah. Both interviewing and also being able to talk about yourself <laughs> like you were doing. Like, yeah. It can sometimes be hard. But, but yeah, I appreciate it. And we'll, we'll do it again. So, Great. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.